Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why Midway USA offers super fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Survival and Basic Badass Podcast. Now, Kevin tells us it's a swap cast. That's right. It's a swap cast. So today. what we did today is we got together with Chris from The Beard Show. And he basically, uh, we did some kind of interview, give you a little insight into the badasses. A little bit of where we come from and why we prepare. And also a little bit of uh, insight into The Beard Show. Chris uh, gives some insights into uh, Nashville and and living in uh, Washington and uh, Washington State. Uh, I think we even talk about killing pigs. Mm-hmm. So anyway, a little bit different for us. Why don't you guys uh, sit back, grab a uh, whiskey, beer, something, something that you enjoy drinking, maybe a spot of tea. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And here we go. Well, guys, welcome back to The Beard Show. I've got two special guests on with me today. They are the hosts of the Survival and Basic Badass podcast. Uh, Chuck and Kevin, uh, if you guys want to introduce yourselves to the crowd, and then we'll uh, we'll go from there. All right, so I'm Chuck. I'm the handsome one. And then... Uh... <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm Kevin. I'm the, the more handsome one, also known as Steve. Um, some guy was actually calling me Steve all day today at work. Uh, so, I mean, it kind of fits. There you go. That's crazy. Like, he's, he's a premonition of what was going to happen tonight on my show here. So, so you guys run a podcast that uh, focuses on prepping and, and kind of I, – I don't – I mean, a lot of it's on prepping, but a lot of it is just – you know, kind of the, I think the way that a lot of us just live our lives, right? I mean, understanding what it is to be self-sufficient. And then also I've, you, I've heard you guys talk about guns and you give away gun parts and that kind of stuff. So if you guys want to just uh, give a little bit of the flavor of, of what you guys have in your podcast and, and what, uh, how you guys got started in that. Yeah, this is Kevin. Um, I think that, uh, I think that both of us are, have always been kind of uh, suspicious of uh, of the government in particular. We're kind of crazy people, you know. Um, but I, I found myself uh, during a snowstorm a couple of years ago with the power out and uh, no heat and uh, no way to actually leave the house and realized that I was woefully unprepared to, to just, just any kind of basic emergency. I wasn't ready for it. So uh, a lot of it just has to do with... Um, 
keeping yourself out of those bad situations, keeping yourself from getting into a situation where you find yourself screwed, you know? And, and you, you oh. correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, I've listened to your podcast all the time. You guys are in the Northeast, like way up there in snow country, correct? Yeah, yeah. We're kind of in the mountains here in the Catskills, and uh, it's not, not unusual to get a, a fairly big blizzard where you're kind of homebound for, for a day or two. Yeah, it's, I, mean, I don't know. It doesn't sound that bad. That sounds horrible. <laughs> like, we're not mean, but uh, yeah. Um, and yeah, so this is Chuck. Um, I think, too, like I kind of got into it with, uh, I don't know, when I was in the Navy, I was a million years ago when we were bombing Kosovo. And uh, they uh, would, it's, you know, former Yugoslavia, and basically it was the whole Muslim thing since back then where, uh, you know, they were killing the Kurds or whatever. And uh, they would basically roll into the towns, say, pack up all your crap, They'd shoot all the men, rape the women, and uh, say, oh, you guys got to leave, and they'd head off to the next village, and then they'd show up a week later, and the same thing had happened over and over again. And just you kind of read through history and see how, you know, things are. And I guess you just never want to be defenseless. You know, you never want to be unprepared for whatever comes. And as much as, you know, guns and all that are cool, the flip side, too, is you don't want to be where you're desperate trying to feed your babies. You know, they can just wait you out if, uh, you know, if you haven't got your shit together. So it all kind of goes hand in hand. And, you know, standing up to tyranny is, I guess, what pushed me. But the flip side, too, it's the survival and basic badass podcast. Yeah. So I think guns alcohol, all that stuff, it's just a natural fit, right? Absolutely, yeah. Well, that's, I think that's, you know, part of when I started my podcast was, you know, was talking about the, the trials and tribulations of being a real man today. I mean, the pussification of men has been happening for so many years. I mean, I meet so many people, especially when I lived in Washington State, where, you know, they're, they're not... Um, they're they're not men anymore. You know what I mean. They're 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 kind of uh, pussified, and you know guns are uh, bad, and and you know you have to wear skinny jeans, and and you know you have to believe that every woman is right, no matter what she says. So it, yeah, to, I'm married to that woman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think uh, you know I think a lot of uh, a lot of that sort of basic uh, man scale stuff is is lost. You know. You have to you have to be able to teach your kid how to how to roll a joint and and how to hotwire a car. Absolutely, is that right? I, I don't. <laughs> I'm not sure that's accurate. I, I, I believe that that one or both of you have killed at least half of that side of the population. So just keep going, guys. Just tell them the the most worthless information to see who survives. Right? It's like pulling the warning label off. Right? We'll make it. That that does sound right. I think Kevin is more responsible for the killing. Yeah, well, <laughs> the way the way the attacks went, I don't know. Yeah, the the way I see it, yeah. If you're if you're dumb enough to follow some of the shit that I say, you know, you, we kind of got to weed you out of the team pool. You know, <laughs> absolutely. It's if we don't, we end up with idiocracy, which we're not far from at this point in our lives. So, no, it doesn't seem far away at all. <laughs> so. Both of you guys, and just listening to your podcast, both of you guys were in the Navy. Did you guys meet in the Navy? 
No, actually, we knew each other beforehand. Um, he was in for, for a few years before I got in. Uh, but we were never actually we were stationed in the same uh, same area for for a year or so. But we were yeah, never we were both actually in Norfolk. Not Kevin wasn't at Naval Station Norfolk, but in Little Creek, which is right there. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, yeah, we used to kick it and uh, uh, play with um, you know old Camaros and Mustangs and things there. And you know Chuck was always getting in trouble for having uh, old. Uh, old, broke-down 1960s Camaros in his front yard. <laughs> I did get tickets. I don't know. Um, but Kevin had broken cars, and then I fixed broken cars. Or more like Kevin likes to crash cars, <laughs> and I'm stuck fixing cars, something like that. Nice. So so you're you're the handier one, and then Kevin's over there like, hey, hey, uh, so I broke this one again. Yeah, yeah. Chuck fixes things, and I'm. I just like to drive fast. He likes to break things. <laughs> it's like the perfect combo, right? <laughs> well, for me, for Kevin, for me, it works out. It's not so great for Chuck because he's just, uh, you know, underneath a car with a wrench trying to trying to get the uh, quarter panels fit back on. <laughs> so you guys have been friends since prior to the Navy. Did you guys join the Navy right out of high school, or, or did you guys both? do something prior to joining no i i think uh no i was uh i was uh, a carpenter for a little while beforehand and uh and a little when, while after and that. a little while after that yeah um chuck i think you were that's 21 21 I when you joined, joined the navy so a little bit i uh i um actually i was a janitor at a college for a little while I worked at some water treatment plants, which uh, is now Kevin's claim to fame. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, now then the Navy. And then, I don't know. Now I fix stuff. So, now works you, out. Yeah, that's awesome. So, why the podcast, guys? What, what made you guys decide? I mean, obviously, you were, you were thinking about the prepping and probably prepping as, as you were getting towards it. But... Why did you guys decide to start the podcast and, and go down that road? Uh, Kevin's pointing at me, so uh, that doesn't work in a podcast. <laughs> um, so, so basically, I approached Kevin. I was like, oh, you know, but basically I had had a, I don't know, I was doing some like online marketing and crap like that pretty unsuccessfully. And uh I was like, well, you know, we could really get people to, you know, pay attention to whatever if we had a podcast because nobody's doing that. And obviously there's a lot of podcasts and whatever. But uh, I was like, we could do that. Nobody's talking about survival and whatever. So here we are. And I was like, you know, you like going camping and all that crap. And you got stores of crap in your basement and whatever. So. Here yeah. we are. I always joke that Chuck is the one with the ammo buried in the yard, and I'm the one that's good at dick and fart jokes. So, <laughs> so we have that. <laughs> Somebody's got to be good at the jokes, guys. Somebody's got to be good at the jokes. And, and I don't yeah, claim I think to have that, any ammo buried in the yard, but, you know, it could happen. Well, you shouldn't claim You shouldn't talk about <laughs> yeah, it. Nobody claims I mean, that's, that. That's really the dumb thing that we're doing here is that we're both, we're both a little bit of uh, uh, preppers, and uh, then we – 
have a uh, worldwide show, I guess. It's not just nationwide. We get downloads in well, China us, and Saudi Arabia. Communist China, right. Right. So. right. I'm a little bit suspicious about that. We get about 97 uh, downloads every every episode in, in Beijing, and I'm a little bit suspicious <laughs> that it's not necessarily people wanting to learn about survival. But uh, I'm pretty fascinating. I don't know why you keep fighting this. <laughs> but I think, uh, you know, I think... You know, it's kind, it's kind of dumb to tell everybody about exactly what you're doing. We always preach against that, you know, even though we're, that's exactly what exactly we're doing. Exactly what we do. Well, we only tell them half. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. right. Well, and, and we kill a lot of them, or you guys kill a lot of them. There I you just go. Yeah, Kevin, laugh, that's, so. Maybe that's why Kevin's <laughs> killing everybody off. He's like, you know, we got to sit them out. <laughs> yeah. I was actually thinking about doing some remodeling in my house, so I, uh, I uh, built a false wall, and... Um, I, I filled it with uh, unregistered guns and uh, yeah. <laughs> counterfeit currency and uh, and uh, kidnapping victims. I figured that should get the ATF and the uh, Secret Service and uh, everybody over here to bust things up for me and save a little bit of money on the remodel. Right. And and I've been I've been burying guns and ammo underneath my pond for years. So if they want to come look, yeah, that Just pond is a little pond, too shallow. Guys. So. Get somebody to dig it up for us. <laughs> That's awesome, guys. I love that. So, I, I have I when I started listening to your guys' podcast, like I, I I actually learned about it from a bartender because I frequent the one and only bar in my county. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're talking about podcasts and whatnot, and she guys she brought up your guys' podcast, and I thought, oh, that'd be interesting. I, I'd like to see what these guys have to say, and you know, I. I didn't really, I mean, she told me it was the Basic Badass podcast, and I thought, who doesn't like the Basic Badass, right? I mean, I, you got to listen That's to that That's what guy. we thought. <laughs> yeah. And then when I started listening, you guys started talking about prepping, and that brings up the topic of, like, people always think people who are preparing for some sort of a disaster or some sort of, you know, it's, it's always the apocalypse, right? That's the whole thing. Like, you're, you're prepping right. for the apocalypse, but in the end, I don't think that that's what I prepare for. Like to me, it's, it's like what you were talking about. You know, you get snowed in for two, three days. And right. I, I live here in Tennessee and I could tell you if there's even an inclination that it might snow, you can't buy anything at the grocery store. Forget it. It's done. Like it's, you know, a quarter inch of snow and this entire town is sold out in every grocery store and nobody will drive <laughs> anywhere. So it's a, uh, you know, nice. That that to me is why you prep, right? Is it's not it's not because I think the apocalypse is coming. Now I may or may not have enough ammo to you know take out a handful of people because it would be entertaining, but at the same time, like I, I that's why I prep. So you know, if you guys want to talk a little bit about you know the the things when you're when you're looking at prepping, what it is that that you guys start with, and and you know why it is that you start that way. So, I mean, one, I mean, kind of with what you just said, it's been cool because, you know, we don't know how much this stuff applies to people and whatever, and you hope that you're not just talking into the air for the hell of it. But we've had people who were in Puerto Rico when the hurricane came and are like, oh, you know, I was the only guy who had freaking, you know, three weeks worth of food and we had guys, you know, in the hurricane in North Carolina, you know, more recently, guys in Florida with hurricanes. Um, a guy with a tornado was like, oh, well, you know, I had stuff and my neighbors needed it. So it's 
it's pretty awesome to, you know, get some feedback and like, oh, but I mean, this stuff really does happen. You know, it's like things, bad things can happen and where you're screwed, like you said, for a week or whatever. So one of the things, um, I mean, the getting started idea, I mean, I, we really push, you know, as a bare minimum, have two weeks worth of food in your house, you know, like you said. So when you get screwed at the snowstorm or whatever, you know, it's it's always, oh, there's a bad storm coming and now they don't have any water at the, you know, stores and the, you know, all that stupid stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, you don't want to get screwed left holding the bag, you know. Um, so, I mean, like really two weeks of food. The one thing I did more recently that I think I probably should have done earlier is uh, I basically set up a, a get home bag in my wife's car. And I mean, I have stuff in my own car, whatever. But, you know, I was like, oh, I finally went out like she just she doesn't have a concealed carry. So I went out and got her, uh, you know, some cans of mace or whatever, pepper spray, whatever it is we're allowed to have in New York. I don't know. And uh, and put it in the bag, threw one in her purse. And I'm like, you know, with Antifa freaking, you know, setting up roadblocks and shit, then, uh, you know, you never know. And but I put like um, just basic stuff to get home where, you know, if you're walking, do you have an extra sweatshirt in the car? Do you have some water? Do you have, you know, it has some like uh, water purification tablets, you know, the basic stuff. That I mean, I say basic, but it really sucks if you got to walk home for two days, and you know. I yeah, don't know. and it's thirty degrees out, and all you have is the is the t shirt that you put on when you ran out to the car. Yeah, exactly. Or you know, and and I work in an industry, guys, where uh, I work in the pump business, and I work around turds all the time. So I always carry a bag with a spare set of clothes and two pairs of socks because. You know, it's, if you learn anything from Vietnam films, it's change your damn socks, right? So, right. you know, you, you don't think about that stuff. But I, I remember I was in, uh, I lived in Washington State, and it snowed in the Seattle area where I lived. And it doesn't snow there very often. And when it does, it kind of shuts everything down. And a friend of mine lived further away than I did. And it took him nine and a half hours to get home because people were just parking their cars in the middle of the freeway and just abandoning them. And over a little bit of snow, you know, and, and people didn't get home for days. Hotels were sold out for days. And the snow lasted all of, like, four hours of snow and then maybe another 24 hours on the ground. And then it all melted. And, and then it was up to the tow truck drivers to get rid of everybody's car. But in those yeah, exactly. situations, yeah, you need that bag. Uh, you know, a, a spare set of clothes, some, a warm jacket, you know, a couple bottles of water. Like, just some basic stuff that, you know, we all kind of take for granted and, you know. I think that's smart that you did it for your wife too, because you know they expect us to kind of do that stuff. Yeah, that's for them. it. You know, they don't want to hear about it, and they don't want to know nothing. But when it goes bad and you didn't handle their shit, mm-hmm. then yeah, exactly. then it ends bad. You know, yeah. yeah. Why am and I? You stuck know, it always shocks here? me. It always shocks me how few people know how to change a tire or have jumper cables in their car. Oh, you know, and that's that's something I kind of run through with with my wife and kid. Just go out there and change the tire, and then you know, change it back, just yep. so they know how to do it. You know, no, you know, having having them having uh, your family just have a basic idea of how to handle a, a small emergency that could really become a big emergency if they don't know what they're doing. Yep. Um, even. Just now in North Carolina, you know, where they had this uh, 
the snow out in what is it um in Asheville, mm-hmm. and they were saying twelve hours people were stuck in their cars, you know, and they were caught on the throughway. That's insane, but. You figure 12 hours, you're maybe running out of gas at that point, sitting there. You probably yep. are. And, you know, you don't have sleeping bags. You got your whiny kids, you know, whining, oh, I'm thirsty. I haven't eaten anything. You know, I mean, in your mind, you're like, well, I can go 12 hours without eating. And, yeah, I'm sure you could. But how much, you know, a little preparation, how much better could your life be? And it really sucks when you're freezing, though, and the car doesn't run, you know? Yeah, well, it was, what, Katrina, and it took them, what, seven days to get water during the Katrina? Yeah. I mean, it, it, water is, is one of those things that, you know, I, I'm always switching water and changing water and storing water, and, and that's one thing that, you know, a lot of my friends are like, why do you do this? I'm like, because if something were to happen, if we had a big hurricane that came up or if we had a tornado that came through, that's going to be the most valued commodity around. You know, I could trade water for food. I could trade water for whatever I needed to and, and make sure that I don't die because, you know, well, you can't go without water more than, you know, what, like a couple of days? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and a lot of that, you know, a lot of people think of, you know, oh, I've got a gallon of water. And that's right. good. You're not going to die over a couple of days. But, you know, you still got to wash your ass. You still got to, you know, you still have other things you want to do with water. Yep. You know, so having having five or ten gallons of water in your house, you know, it's not a bad idea. Yeah. Well, anybody that's ever gone camping, like real camping, you know, you're up in the woods and in a tent and you don't have a stream or you don't have a lake near you. And everything that you do, it depends on the water you have. You know, it's like, oh, we got to wash dishes. Well, you don't let that water run. You, you got to you know, right. use a little bit of it, get wet and wash what you have. But you you really start to think about that when you in those scenarios and you're like, shit, we've been here for two days and we're out of water. You know, like we brought 10 gallons with us and we're out of water. <laughs> right. Right. And I always have that, you know, you have that problem when you, you bring a couple of bottles of whiskey with you, you end up drinking a lot more water than you think. You wake up with that hangover and you're like, where's the water? Oh, all we got is whiskey. Yep. Might as well start drinking again. <laughs> you know, it leads, it leads to trouble. Game on. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I try and do uh, at least uh, at least once a year go out with the family for a week out in the woods to just make sure all all the gears gears together, and uh, try and do three or four you know major uh, major trips out with the with the friends you know yeah uh, do some hiking and things like that just to you know and uh, you know another thing that we I want to uh, talk about uh, more in the in the show is is just being physically able you know to do a lot of this shit. A lot of people think, oh, it's not a big deal. I'll just, you know, hop out of my car. My my job is only 15 miles from my house. But yeah, can you can actually walk. go 15 miles? Yeah. Walk. You know, how long is that 15 miles going to take you? Yeah, I have a trail right across the street from my house. And, and, and you know, I, I walk the dog down the trail or jog down the trail. and It's about two and a half miles. And, you know, I, I'm not in perfect physical shape. But, you know, you run two and a half miles or jog two and a half miles. It's a long ways. So when you start looking at 15, 20, 30 miles to get to where you got to go, that's a long hike. And, you know, are you, is it going to take you more than one day? Like, how much can you really walk in a day? You know, people are like, oh, I can walk 15 miles. But you can't do it in a straight stretch. You're going to walk maybe three or four, and you're going to need to take a break. And then you're going to be able to, you know, try to do it again. And eventually, 
you know, your feet are going to be sore and you're going to be thirsty and you're going to be cold or you're going to be hot if it's a, you know, it's a hot day or whatever. So you got to think about those things when you prepare that, that little kit for your bag, uh, you know, for your, for your vehicles. And then that's it. And once you're like really walking, like if you've been out hiking and that kind of thing, you realize how much you want that bottled water or whatever, you know, it's like, Oh, you know, I really need water. And it, it makes a difference. I just did a, um, a hike with the wife and I don't know, I'm, I'm a little more used to out doing things, but it was, uh, it was basically a five mile hike and you're going up a mountain, two and a half miles up, two and a half miles down. But it was a pretty, you know, reason it was a trail. Like you're not, you know, putting your hands on rocks or anything, but you're walking up a steep hill the whole way. And everybody along the way is like, oh, my God, I need water. Like, you know, falling down. And this is horrible. And I'm like, are, are you kidding me? But it's, I mean, you don't realize how quick your body's like, oh, you know, it's one thing when you're sitting at the desk or whatever all day. You can go six hours without, you know, having some water. But when you're actually breathing and doing something, it starts to take a toll. Yeah, absolutely. Your physical fitness is, is something that, that I'm, I'm constantly talking to my friends about. You know, and I have a lot of friends that I've met here in Tennessee, and, you know, they think they're all badasses. But that moment you take them out on that mile hike that you're going to go up a hill and down a hill and up two more hills and, you know, it, you get to the end of it and they're they're ready to die, you know, and you're like, yeah, like you're not physically fit. Like you may think you're a badass, but <laughs> life just really grabbed you by the nuts and you're, you're game over, you know, and, and you brought four bottles of water with you. And next thing you know, they're like, man, I drank all my water. I'm like, we're like half into it. Like what the hell? <laughs> yeah. So one of the things now, I that- wanted to ask you about the, uh, the beard game. Now, uh, <laughs> you got the show named after the beard. Sure. Um, and I've only listened to the podcasts. Now, do you legit have a beard? Oh, Is yeah. that a real thing? Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> growing up, my, my dad, uh, my stepdad, always had a really big beard, you know, really long, and it was just, it was badass. He's a biker, like, straight up, like, biker. I mean, when I, my mom first started dating him, uh, we went to his house for the first time, and he didn't have a couch in his living room, but he had a motorcycle tore apart in his living room. So, that's, that's what smart. kind of biker he is, you know? And, uh he had this big glorious beard my you know my whole life growing up and when i got out of out of uh, high school and and started i did a little college i didn't finish college cuz i'm horrible at school but uh, i got into a corporate world and and you know you weren't allowed to have it and then i started this job that i currently work at about 5 years ago and i came in like freshly shaven cuz it's a corporate job and i thought okay well i'm just going to let it grow and just see what happens and i just let it grow and let it grow and let it grow nobody ever said a word nobody ever bitched and then about the year later the vice president of the company and i were having a conversation and he was like man your beard is just glorious and i was like it's it it's <laughs> never ever going away there you go yeah yeah i, I started growing mine about uh, 5 years ago just as a, as a thing to see, you know, see what's, what's what. And, uh, yeah, it turns out that everybody likes it. So I, you know, I'm not going to, nobody can't complains complain. about the beard, you know, it's, there's a, big... I don't know. I, I have, uh, I, I was in somebody's house doing a repair and I'm with another guy and, and, uh, the guy's a little more squared away than I am. And, uh, and I, I got the big beard, whatever. So uh, I'm doing a repair and, and this kid's just standing, uh, terrified in the corner you know and he's he's a little like five-year-old or something i don't know 
And so the guy I'm with is like, what's the deal? Are you afraid of his beard? Is he scary? And the kid goes, no, he looks like Santa. He goes, it's you I'm afraid of. And I was like, yes. Yeah. The serial serial killer psychopaths, they never have a beard. They're always clean shaven. That's right. You can't yeah. trust somebody without a beard. That's that's my that's my motto right now. Yeah. Well, and, and I've yeah. realized the older I get, the more the wisdom starts growing into my beard. You know, the, the, the gray wisdom that, that grows into it. So <laughs> I'm really, I'm really looking forward to the day that it's just full wisdom. You know, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go full wizard at that point. I think, like, uh, yeah. I mean, what else can you do at that point? <laughs> You're the victim. <laughs> I'm not. It's not going away. Like I said, uh, you know, if my, I think at this point, if my bosses told me I had to trim it back, I think I'd find a new job. Oh, that's trouble. <laughs> well, that was that was the thing, like, my, you know, where I am now, the, the boss is like, oh, you know, you, you need to get a concealed carry. This is, you know, like eight, ten years ago. You, you need to go get a handgun. I think that's only right. And I'm like, oh, all right, that sounds good. And then, uh, you know, and then, oh, you should grow a beard. Oh, you should get more tattoos. <laughs> I'm like, great, I guess. That's the boss That's the you kind want, of boss right? you want to have. <laughs> sounds like trouble. Yeah, I would say uh, when I worked in Washington, like, I've had a concealed carry. God, I can't remember how long. I, I need to change it to the Tennessee concealed carry because now that I have a Tennessee driver's license, apparently my concealed is only good for, like, another month here. But uh, it... I, when I was in Washington, like nobody talked about it. You didn't. You, you, if you had a gun, it was totally private. Nobody knew about it. But here, it's like all the guys at the branch—they all have a gun in their truck or on their hip or whatever. It's just normal. And if you <laughs> nice. don't have one, you're kind of like shunned. Like, why do you? You're the outcast. You, you don't. Have yeah. A gun. No, in New York, we're definitely the outcast with the gun. But it's weird when you go to like. We're stupid here where our our uh, concealed carry card, you end up having, uh, you have to have each gun listed on your card. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, oh, it's a pain in the ass. So when you go buy a handgun, you have to take the receipt over to the sheriff's office, then freaking uh, they'll, I don't know, enter it in their thing. And now they just started this jackass thing where the judge has to approve it. So basically they take it, you wait three or four weeks, then the judge approves it. Even though you already have four or five or 16 other handguns, you know, whatever. Yeah. And then then you can come back, pick up a coupon to go take to the gun dealer, and then he gives you your handgun that you already paid for two months ago or whatever. God, that's so, worse yeah, than we're a little better with that. Oh, dude, it's ridiculous. So anyway thing is though when you go in it's always like housewives and whatever you see in there in line you know getting their gun thing so i'm like oh that's cool there are other people out there i'm not the only one you know so when you guys get your concealed there in new york do they make you take a class or anything or is it just a fingerprinting and a fee they they do now they didn't when i first got it which i'm not opposed to that i'm not um I, I just I just went and did it now because uh, I got a Virginia non-resident and a Utah non-resident. And so I went to, like, the local gun dealer that does, uh, you know, the New York one, and they did the class basically to make everybody's, you know, thing happy. But basically seven, eight years ago, whenever I did it the first time, they didn't care and it was whatever, but... 
they do. It does piss me off to list in all your guns because, yeah, that doesn't sound like that could end badly, right? Right, yeah. Like, I have guns that are previous, you know, handguns that were previous to, you know, anybody having to register a handgun that were passed down from right. families to families, you know. And I don't carry them, but if I wanted to, like, I shouldn't have to list them, you know. They don't need to know what I have. And I don't know what the laws are in New York, but I, I've built a lot of 80% lower AR-15s over my lifetime. And uh, there's no way. Like, I, I would never want to list that. I mean, if they if they had to make me list right. them, I think I'd tear them apart and be like, I don't, they don't exist. Like, eh, right. Maybe so, part here, part New, there. New York, we have a, a fun set of laws where – they make no sense. So we have this the safe act where basically if uh, if your gun is black, then it'll frighten people and it's an assault <laughs> weapon. Yeah. So basically, I, I mean, I think I think their definition is if it has a pistol grip. So initially, everybody was like, "Oh, I'm not going to register my guns. How dare you?" Blah blah blah. But all those people kind of screwed themselves. I only wished I was more into AR-15s prior to the SAFE Act because if I had registered every freaking one, it would have been awesome. Um, so what happened is I registered, I just had one AR-15 and some kind of like Remington 587 or something, some 22 that has a pistol grip. Yeah. And it looks a little bit scary, but it's actually, it, it, it's my kind of go-to gun for, you know, uh, wood chucks and whatever in the yard or whatever, you know, yeah. it's just, it's it just works. Machine. It, it just is nice. You know, it works, it's accurate, it's whatever. But, so I have one registered assault weapon, right, AR-15, and I have this twenty-two. Now, had I been the smart guy... I would have had, you know, 10 AR-15 lowers and registered all of them. So now what happens, I can walk into the gun store, I can buy an AR-15 lower, or 10, if that's what I do, and then I can go online and I can buy all the parts to complete the gun, to make a complete AR-15, have them sent to my house in New York, and that's 100% legal. Then I can even put the lower, put the trigger in it, put the stock on it, put the pistol grip on it. I just have to keep the lower and the upper separated with the, you know, the, uh, the stupid pins. Yeah. And as long as it's separated and the upper is a separate piece, it's 100% legal in New York. But as soon as I clip it together, then all of a sudden it's an assault weapon and I'm committing a felony. It's a so, felony to do it in New York. Yeah, in New York to have it, yeah, an unregistered assault weapon. So what happens is I have one lower and a whole bunch of uppers that I swap back and <laughs> forth on it to set up different things. And I'm like, well, go out and do this. And, and yeah, so it's kind of a uh, disturbing setup. And now I'm not sure. The only problem is New York has you buy the balls where – the only thing is all the AR-15 lowers I have, technically, as long as I'm a New York resident, I can't sell them unless I go through an FFL dealer. Sure. So I can't be like, oh, I got rid of all those. Yeah. Now, now, but as soon as I move to another state, then, you know, it's all fair game. But uh, Can you sell the them other across thing, state lines, or do you still have to do that because you're, I mean... 
I, I'm not a hundred percent sure on that. Okay. I, I don't know. I think I know I can't sell it like through the gun, you know, away, but I could probably take it to North Carolina or something and, and sell it to a private citizen and whatever. But I think I'd have a hard time convincing uh, New York of that, you know, I used yeah. to have, we used to have the badass sheriff who, uh, you know, had our back and was like, Oh, when they come to get your guns, and then this last election uh, in November, just now, they freaking booted him out. And, uh, you know, he was always praised by the NRA and, oh, everybody who has a concealed carry should carry and be awesome. And now he's uh, he's gone because, I don't know, they don't like him anymore because he basically stood up for the NRA and that was it. Yeah. Um, the uh, As far as 80% lowers, they're actually still legal in New York. I can buy them and whatever. And as long as I made that into a New York compliant gun where I never put an upper on it, I'm completely legal. Hmm. So obviously if, if somebody comes knocking on my door and is like, oh, you have these five guns, they're going to get a bunch of lowers with no trigger in it and no <laughs> nothing. And yeah, there yeah. you go. You can have my guns. Yep. So do you guys have magazine capacity? laws as well yeah we're, we're screwed there too and that that i haven't figured out yet because yeah we're they first said seven rounds and then they they were like all right we decided that seven rounds is unconstitutional you can have 10 rounds because that somehow fits <laughs> you know because the constitution that only limits 10. you to 10 rounds like yeah <laughs> yeah so 10 rounds and uh we uh and you're not allowed, yeah, any magazines you had to, like, turn in or whatever. Supposedly, if they were antiques, you could register them. I, I don't know. I didn't didn't cash in on any of that, so I'm the jackass and whatever. <laughs> but that, that may or may not be under the pond. <laughs> there you go. That, that's exactly. And then the other thing I can't figure out, you can't buy a binary trigger in New York. However there may be a local gun store where I go in and they're like, Oh, no problem. So you maybe can have a binary trigger where, you know, you get in that, it basically, it shoots when you pull the trigger and shoots when you release the trigger. Yeah. Yeah. So it basically, you maybe can have that, but then you can only put 10 rounds in there. And I tell you, if by chance somebody had one of those triggers, you can burn through 10 rounds like you wouldn't believe. You get really good at mag changes, though. I guess. that's well, And then that's the next thing. You buy a vest, and you have the large pat. Or if you only have 10-round magazines, they don't. you can't get them out of the vest. Right. Like, yeah. You put them in, and you're like, ah. So I had to buy I had to buy a bunch of these like idiot ones that are ten round but are the big you know thirty round size banana clip freaking looking thing. <laughs> it's got an oversized spring in it, so you can't get enough That's ammo. Exactly to accommodate how stupid I am. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so there's that. Um, yeah, I heard in California they said that uh, in in one of the federal district courts that ten rounds was. Uh, was unconstitutional and they were bumping up to 30 and I'm waiting for that to catch on in New York, but apparently no, apparently I, I, I'm the only one waiting for that. I, I seen something in, uh, on Facebook or something. Uh, one of the guys that owns a whiskey company I follow posted something about in New Jersey. Now 30 round mags are illegal. And if you have them 
as of like the first of the year or something like that, you're now a class four felon. Yeah. Just exactly. for possessing. Like, yeah. But I, New Jersey, I, I won't even, when I leave New York, I don't even drive through New Jersey anymore. Cause I, I I've heard stories of them. Uh, they run your plate and, Oh, that guy has a concealed carry. Let me just pull him over and find out if he has it with him. And, Oh my God! Yeah, I, I don't want any part of that. It's illegal to have hollow points in New Jersey. I don't know. At least these are the stories I'm told. I don't know. I don't live there, so don't don't hold me on that one. But I'm 99 percent sure. That's crazy. Like, see, there's another reason why I moved to Tennessee from Washington State. That they, they, it's so interesting to me in Washington State is that Seattle is very anti-gun, and that's what everybody thinks of when they think of Washington State is Seattle. Right. It's, it's very rainy. It's very anti-gun. It's very you get across that little mountain range there and all of a sudden it's like normal people. And, and it's, you know, if you don't own a gun in the town I lived in, you were kind of shunned. You were like, what do you mean you don't own a gun? Like everyone owns a gun. I mean, we all hunt, we all do all that kind of stuff. And it it was, it's so different from Seattle. And yet whenever you get outside of the state, I mean, when I tell people I lived in Washington, they're like, Oh, from Seattle? I'm like, no, no. I, I don't associate me with Seattle. Like, it's so <laughs> retarded. <laughs> I mean, we're stuck with, oh, you're from New York. Obviously, you live in the city. I mean, you know. <laughs> that's that's, right. yeah. yeah, there's no other part of New York. Actually, I've, I've spent quite a bit of time in, a, in upstate, I guess, I don't know where it is, but in uh, Auburn and um, Syracuse, some of those other places in New York, which are awesome, right. and, I, and I love them. Well, that's more upstate than we are. So you're getting the more snow up there than than we are. We're about 90 minutes north of the city, but pretty much we figure if you get on the thruway, you're you're you know we're we're upstate after that. You go five miles north of the city, and you're upstate after that. Yeah, yeah. Once you're outside the city, it's all upstate, right? <laughs> that's right. That's right. So- yep. Now. uh how long have you been doing this podcast? I've uh, I've listened to a couple of your episodes here, um, but it seems like you just got started in the last year or so, huh? Yeah, I started in April. Um, I, I actually, when I first started the podcast, uh, we started it as the Beard in the Bear show. Uh, a buddy of mine, uh, Jess, was originally a part of the podcast with me, and then his kind of his career kind of took off, and he lives in Washington State. And so he was unable to get on very many of the podcasts. And so now we've deemed him gay Jess because he's no longer a part of the podcast. And he does come <laughs> on from time to time. But uh, I, I kind of rebranded it and had to refocus. And I, I, you know, I started in April, but I only have uh, 19, 20 episodes out there just because it was I was kind of waiting for Jess to be available to do interviews. Plus, do you know, with the, the interviewee and all that stuff and. I finally said, ah, screw it, I'm not waiting for him, I'm just going to do something. And then uh, I just rebranded it about um, two months ago, maybe. Uh-huh. But yeah, it was just, uh, honestly, I started doing this podcast because I were, I've been a salesman for 20 years now, and I'm building a program and a, and a process to do sales. And I thought, well, you know, I should really learn to do podcasting so that if this program I'm building ever takes off, I can like 
know what I'm doing out the gate on that. And then I just right. kind of fell in love with it. It's, it's fun. It, you know, it, it gives us something to do. And I do a lot of remote podcasts. I do, I will go to like a brewery or go to a, an event and do podcasting there. I just have to remember to drink less whiskey. So I remember to hit the buttons to actually record and some of those other things. Yeah. That's awkward at the end, right? <laughs> yeah. It's really tough when you're like sitting at a concert trying to record a podcast and the concert's louder than the microphones and yeah. But yeah, it's a learning process. Yeah. Yeah. I think we've done one or two uh, podcasts that weren't recorded at all. You know, <laughs> we got to the end of it. We're like, oh, shit. <laughs> that, that or I looked down and I'm like, well, my mic's turned on. Your, your mic's not so much, you know? Yeah. I but, just, I, I listened to, um, yeah, they used to be the uh, Psycho Radio. I don't remember what the hell they rebranded it to, but uh, they, they work for Silencer Co. And, they just released yeah. one, the same thing where you know one guy's in in Florida and the other guy's in Utah and and they forgot so they recorded it a second time and it, and it was a really quick podcast because they'd already like had the conversation and they were trying to rehab the same conversation. Yeah, that's tough. <laughs> yeah. That's we we had one a, a couple of weeks ago that uh, Kevin's mic was rough for you know like the first ten minutes. And I'm like, that was gold. I'm not freaking redoing it. <laughs> and I ended up, you know, having to, like, I cut my mic back a lot and jacked his all the way up after, you know, in the editing. And, and it's a little rough, but, you know, whatever. Sometimes that's how it goes, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, we're, we're not the, we're not, we're not uh, Joe Rogan's yet. You know what I mean? We, we're going to go through the learning curves until we can afford to put a producer on it who actually, you know, then we can blame him and fire him, right? There you go. That sounds right. <laughs> yep. Now, we're, now, now, how do you do monetize your uh, podcast at all? Do you have like Patreon or something you do? Or No, I, I haven't monetized it. It's all self-funded at this point. Um, I have had a couple people reach out for sponsorships, uh, mostly beard oil companies and stuff like that, you know, because I own the website, thebeardshow.com. Uh, right. So they, they've reached out and, and, you know, want to sponsor me. But I had one that was, like, only sold products in Alaska. And I was like, that's great. But I have kind of, like, a worldwide audience. So why would I want to just have a product that you only sell in Alaska? Like, if, you'll, if you're going to release, like, you know, at least nationwide shipping, like, then I would consider it. And they're like, no, nah, nah, we're not going to do that. <laughs> I was like, sure, send yeah, me some yeah. money, you know? <laughs> Yeah, well, I've had I've had uh, you know local uh, local gun shops talk to me about you know sponsoring it, and I'm like, well, do you do internet sales? And they're like, no, no, not really. And I was like, well, you know, I might be able to talk two people into coming in there, but you know, people aren't going to be driving from Alabama up here to to buy guns. It's just not going to happen. Right. Yeah. yeah. And you know what I do? Like when we do remote podcasts, like so, if we go to a brewery or something like that. Um, I'll make them pick up my tab for the night or something, and then I'll mention them on the podcast or something like that. But, I, you know, I, I, I haven't felt comfortable, you know, unless they are, you know, a nationwide or a minimum nationwide distribution facility and, and sell online or something like that. It just doesn't make sense for me to take their money yet. So uh, I'm still kind of looking for for that. You know, I kind of figured if I got to, you know, over a consistent thousand downloads a month, I would really start focusing on that. But yeah, it's just not high priority for me. I enjoy it and and I have fun with it, and I just do such a broad range of topics. I mean, I mean, it went from, uh, you know, we went we talked to you know business owners. I've talked to 
guns. I talked about guns. We've talked about beer. We've talked about polyamory. We've talked about all these crazy things. And it's like, I, you know, it's hard for me to go to a, a, a sponsor and be like, yeah, okay, well, you could sponsor this episode, but you probably don't want to sponsor this other one. You know, we may be talking about porn or something. Who knows? I mean, if I get a yeah, porn star exactly. show, I'm in. Like, right. No, that was, that was one of our things. You know, people are like, oh, if you want to make money, you need to, you know, do Audible and, you know, GoDaddy and all these. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, but you're kind of missing my audience. You know, it's like, it, it's just, I, I, I don't mind selling you on, like, we have, like, Pack as, as a sponsor, but they do, like, gun parts. You know, I'm like, yeah. you know, that's my audience. That works because the guys who are listening to the audience kind of care. You know, they're like, oh, I like guns. I want cool gun shit sent to my house every month, you know? Yeah, that exactly. That works, but it's like, oh, are you into, you know, web design or whatever? <laughs> I, I mean, you know, I'm sure one in 30 might be, but if they are, they probably already know, you know? It's not... Yep. Yeah, you definitely have to find the right fit. I mean, I, I would like to sponsor you know, or get a sponsor that, that did a beard product that was, you know, but on the other side of that, like, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know if you guys do, but I, I definitely use products in my beard. I, you know, I use oils and I use butters and stuff like that to keep keep that glorious look to it. But the glorious know, look. Yeah, sure. it, it, but it's got to be, you know, the right product that I have to believe in the product, because that's the other thing about me. Like, I, I would never want to promote a product that I didn't believe in you know, or that I didn't use. You know, I don't want yeah. some toothbrush sponsor that I don't use their toothbrush because their toothbrush sucks. Like, why would I want to push that on my audience? You know, like it. So I just haven't found the right fit. But, uh, yeah, it's not high on my priority list. I make plenty of money doing my day job and it only takes about four hours a day to do. So, yeah, whatever. And you can't argue that. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, I think a lot of that really has to do with, um, you know, you, you make a connection to the people that are listening to the show. You know, that's it. You feel like you betray it if, yeah, if you start selling some bullshit. Yes, exactly. So you know, we've we've stuck stuck pretty much to uh, commercial free. We try and get you know people to sponsor us on Patreon and things like that. You know, if you listen to the show and you enjoy the show, but for the most part, you know, it's it's really just uh, something we enjoy doing. Yeah. So when you guys uh, obviously when you started, you had a, a Facebook and you guys were kind of promoting that um, I wasn't there in the beginning. And, and honestly, I haven't gone back to listen to your earlier episodes, but <laughs> I, I know that I want to because you don't ever repeat a topic. And I'm like, ah, I know they've got to have an episode on this. Like I'm getting ready to plant a garden and it'll be my first garden. Right. I've never gardened before. And I'm like, I know they got to have an episode on this. They're prepping guys like they, they got to know well, this. But uh, right. Well, what's weird is we're at like, I, I don't know, a hundred and seven 156 157 episodes something like that and face or itunes drops them after 100 really so like the first 50 were all the obvious topics and then they just nothing they're just gone i mean you know we have them like in uh we use libsyn for hosting sure and so they're all there but iTunes doesn't put them up and the, you know, a lot of them only carry the first, you know, the last hundred episodes. So every once in a while we try and drop an old one, but also like maybe our first 20 or 30, the, uh, you know, the, the, uh, audio quality is a little questionable. <laughs> you know, we were trying to sort it out yeah. and didn't know the best ways to do it. 
But uh, but yeah, we're I don't know. We I mean, obviously we we try and we want to do some of the old topics and revisit it. And I think we're slowly getting there where we're going to start to do them again, because, you know, we actually know a lot more about things and, you know, you keep learning whatever. So there is stuff coming, but yeah, no, we always, I think we bring lots of interesting topics. We try. No, yeah, I, it's I, hard when you're confined to uh, like prepping and survival and things like that. But you know, they, the more you read up on things, the more you get into it, there's really a lot a lot of in-depth stuff about some basic topics you can really get into and spread out over several episodes. Yeah, absolutely. I, I would have yeah, I would have never thought in a million years that we could do 150 unique episodes, you know, on totally different topics, but so, I think we're pretty much there, you know. It's like it happens. So I have a question, and I haven't seen, like I said, I haven't gone back on a lot of your old episodes, and obviously I can't go back to the beginning because thank you, iTunes. But um, have you guys ever done an episode on community? Because to me, like, you know, this is a reason I live in a small town, because if the worst happened, you're in a small town. I thought we did one more recently. No, Kevin, I don't don't, don't recall one recently. I I, I thought we we did something. I'll look at it. And. What we do is we've been dropping the occasional, like I'll I'll do an extra episode in the week where we'll do like a classic episode. Mm -hmm. And then that way people get the older ones, but it still kicks out another one. You know, when you do it, sure. you know, it it shoves out something more recent, but I usually like check the audio and if it's not too crappy, like we did one just on AR-15 and one just on silencers. And those were like my favorite. And I know the silencers one, the audio is freaking crap. <laughs> and it's like, ah, oh, what a waste, you know? And yeah. I, I think we did one on night vision too, because I was all hot on the trail in night vision for a while there. I was like, oh, this is the, you know, the game changer in the apocalypse, you know? Well, that's, I, I'm, a, I'm an avid pig hunter. I love to shoot pigs in Texas and only in Texas. I have never hunted pigs anywhere other than Texas. Just, I don't know. I'm from Texas originally, so it's just it's it's iconic to shoot pigs in Texas. And if you don't have night vision, it's game over. I, I bought this like yeah. special scope that was supposed to like see good at night. It's got this giant like front lens on it. I right. went out the first night and I was like, "This is bullshit. I can't see anything." And so like the next night, I brought my night vision. I'm like, "Yeah, golden. I don't even care what this." Yeah, scope now can do now like. you're in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. No, it's, it's funny. I, I actually went and did some. Uh, gun uh gun training in uh in texas and uh and and so we're we're uh moving a body and they wanted to go through you know all this stuff and and so we're carrying somebody on a stretcher and and we're running point and you know guys are standing in the back with guns and whatever and i'm standing and there's people out there screwing with us so i'm keeping a watch like watching these roadways you know through we're in san antonio and we're looking, I'm looking at all these trails and trying to watch every direction. And, you know, being from New York, we don't have the wild boar thing going on. <laughs> and I see like five pigs run by and I'm like, holy shit. You're lucky you only seen five like that. They run a packs of like 80 sometimes and they're just crazy. I said, I'm like, well, yeah, but I'm like standing there looking for guys and I'm like, you know, waving around guns and whatever. And I'm like, wait, <laughs> 
there's pigs like 10 feet in front of me. Like, a bunch of them. Yeah. We should shoot them and eat them tonight. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's it. Go ahead. No, that's it. That's it. I just think that's uh, it's interesting because it's not, you know, it's a it's a problem in a lot of the country. Oh, yeah. You know, and it's just not something that we ever have to deal with here in New York, you know. And yet it's like free bacon just running around. Just right there. It's, yeah. It's, it's for the taking. Yeah, and they're yeah. actually really delicious. I mean, if you, if you uh, my opinion is anything between about 100 to a 200-pound pig, which you don't get bacon off of that. Sorry, guys. But it, it, those are the best meat. You get a big fat pig. Especially a wild pig, they're just—they've eaten so much garbage that they're just disgusting. But you get those like you know, hundred to two hundred pound pigs. Oh man, they're delicious. I sent about two hundred pounds of meat home with my brother one time, and it was—I I happened to go visit him the next year, and we ate a bunch of that hog, and oh, it was delicious. It was amazing. So, yeah, I think we're missing out up here, uh, up here in the mountains. I got a local farmer that hooks me up, but no wild uh, boar hunting there. So we, we could drop like ten in the woods, and there'll be like seven thousand next year. Like, yeah, that's, that's amazing. I don't know. Well, you know, pigs are not native to Texas. They were introduced to deal with another issue, and then they realized that that they have piglets. They have up to twelve piglets every seven months. So it just they're constantly pumping out new pigs. So they're just, they're, they're, they're like worse than rats in a lot of cases. Yeah. Right. A lot of, a lot of people that, that are anti hunting, you know, even, even they have to admit that, you know, the pig, the pig situation is a bit of a problem down South, you know, mm-hmm. it's uh they just multiply a lot faster than anybody can do anything about them. Well, it's like the white tailed deer up in the Northeast. I mean, the white mm-hmm. tails, are we do have that. So, they're so excessive up there that, they're tearing things up because there's so many of them. I think it was, uh, it was a Maryland that was having a, like such a bad issue that they had to release more than like a single tag per person. You could shoot like, you basically had like a, like a limit, like fishing, you know, you could shoot like one a day or a couple a day or something crazy (laughs) like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I almost, I almost hit three or four every day on my way into work there. You know, it's like squirrels, you know, they're everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. We have a uh, local college, I guess. It's like uh, Vassar College or whatever, I guess, one of the seven sister schools there or something. And uh, they have freaking every year they have the big deer call there where they they shoot like 150 deer on their freaking campus. And they actually just have a sharpshooter come in and the guy will take the 150 in a weekend. And uh, and I don't know what they do with it, but the school's always out in the streets protesting. But it's, I mean, you know, it's in Poughkeepsie, which is a reasonably, you know, a, a big city for, you know, that kind of thing. Sure. You know, it's not New York or something, but whatever. But we have freaking, you'll be driving down the street and there's deer running across the street all the time, like in a, you know, 25 mile an hour zone with houses and whatever. And you're like, what the hell, you know? It's Yeah. It's it's crazy too. Like it, the the sharpshooter thing blows my mind because you know it, that was one thing I will comment on Washington being really decent at was their hunting laws were decent. Like you know you could still shoot cats, you could still shoot bear, you could still shoot just about right. any animal that that you could eat. 
yet I was listening to, I think it was Joe Rogan, actually, and he was talking about the state spends an excessive amount of money every year to hire professional hunters to kill cougars right. because the cougars are killing domesticated animals. And I'm thinking, just right. open it up. Let the hunters do it. The hunters will kill them. Like, you know, and then they'll actually get used for something, you know, versus just killing them and incinerating them. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. It seems like, uh, you know, some of the laws are a little bit arcane, you know, where they're, they'll limit tags, but then they'll have to hire somebody to come in and, and just, uh, just kill them and leave them. Yep. So I know something that, that exists here as well as it exists in Washington. I don't know about where you guys are at, but if you own a farm or a ranch, you can kill an excessive amount of deer. Like, so you could, you know, in Washington, it was elk. That was the big one. You could get, depending on the acreage you had, you could get up to like 15 elk tags a year. And if you've ever seen an elk, that's a big animal. You know, you, right. you kill 15 elk, you could feed the entire neighborhood. Yeah. Now, we have, like, nuisance permits, so, yeah, I mean, you can definitely do stuff like that, but it's it's tough. Like, you know, like, I can shoot a fox in my backyard if it's threatening my livestock, you know, that kind of thing. It's, you know, that and I have a, a hunting license or whatever for regular big game or I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I've got a few foxes in my yard, but I've got I've got a, uh, a wife that, that adopts animals so i've got all these fucking cats so i just let that fox be man because he he helps me out you know he's got your back on the cat he's at least taking one or two a year so i'm not complaining about him i like the fox he's all right i mm-hmm. would love to have a fox skin like that's i've never seen a fox in real like I, i've i've shot i've shot at cougars i've never actually hit a cougar i've shot plenty of coyotes in my life and coyotes just not a great skin. Like, but I'd love to have like a fox skin. I think that'd be super cool. So if you guys shoot a fox, send the skin my way. All right, you got it, bud. I mean, they're they're all over up here. So, well, I guess I need to make it. Well, I probably couldn't even get into New York because I don't think any of my magazines qualify. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's sad. Is what that is. I don't know. We uh, I do have the trapping license. We'll, uh, we'll we'll see if we can hook you up someday with a fox here sometime soon. Our problem is we get the foxes, but they're all mangy and nasty, and you know it's tough to get something good around here. Everything looks like a disaster. <laughs> it's lived it's lived its life in the city, chasing fucking them rats that are like this. Exactly. <laughs> the, the city life is hard for the foxes. You know? <laughs> Well, awesome, you guys. Hey, I really appreciate you guys coming on. Uh, we just kind of crested the hour, so I'm, uh, I try to keep the podcast right about that hour. So, you guys, it's been a Thanks. great conversation. Uh, we should definitely do this again. But uh, if you want to put out your, uh, obviously, your podcast, and, and we'll tag that in the notes. But uh, it, any social medias or anything else that you guys want to promote? Yeah, if you guys, uh, if anyone wants to uh, email us, I, I try and make it a point that I respond to every email we get. Uh, so if you guys want to email us at preppingbadass at gmail.com. Um, and the Facebook page is uh, facebook.com slam preppingbadass. So those are, I mean, we're on YouTube. We have a YouTube channel that's hit or miss on how much we actually put out. Uh, that is uh, Prepping Badass as well. So, no, that's pretty much everywhere we are. And uh, sounds good. And you got the beard show, huh? So. Yeah, not bad. 
Yeah, and, and I've been lucky enough that uh, for whatever reason, I was able to get thebeardshow.com. I was able to get uh, Facebook at the Beard Show Podcast and Instagram at the Beard Show Podcast. So nice. Yeah, I, I'm. Uh, Star guys I, can find you everywhere. You're kind of all over the place as well. So yeah, absolutely. And uh, guys, uh, we appreciate it again. Thanks so much. And uh, you know, I look forward to doing this again. All right, sounds good, man. Appreciate it. Take care, guys. All right, bye. The Survival and Basic Badass Podcast is a proud member of the Self Defense Radio Network. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.